0: chapter 5 we will be finishing the book of James James chapter 5 we're going to do verses 13 through 20 so we have a lot of text but hopefully won't keep you too awful long as the Lord leads we will go let's look together James chapter 5 and let's start with verses 13 down through 15 the word of God says is any among you afflicted or sick let him pray is any merry or happy let him sing psalms Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. What do you guys think about prayer? We were talking a little bit last week even in Sunday school about this idea of prayer, and sometimes it just is a wish list, isn't it, right? And then we did the model prayer, which is a very powerful example from Jesus, that prayer is more than just giving your wish list, isn't it? Our be your name. Then what's next? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? All of that before we ever get to us. And it's not me, it's us, right? Give us our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, right? We've heard a lot of things about prayer, and today... I wanna challenge you and you kind of listen and then hopefully you'll be able to speak to one another and speak to the pastor. And I really my desire is for this space and this place to become a house of prayer. Okay. You settle on that a little bit and you kinda of chew on that a little bit today. A few things kinda of get us to think about this morning. Do you guys ever remember prayer chains in the old days? We don't do them quite as much anymore. But it used to be that you would call someone, and they would call someone, and they would go down the chain and share with everybody. This is pretty good. One person said, by the time my outpatient surgery got to the end of the prayer chain, I had my legs amputated, I died, and I had left $100,000 to the building fund. <laughs> Sometimes that's how that would go, wouldn't it, right? By the end of the story, they were just near death's door, and really they just had a cold when they started, all right? Again, thinking about prayer, something to get us going this morning, I think this will be a good thing. And I hope that you will ask the Lord to give you boldness to pray in public spaces. When's the last time you prayed in a public space? Nice. So the three Penn boys and Grandpa Penn were fishing in Mississippi, and we went to this Mexican restaurant, and we're in the south. We sit down, and our food shows up. And we've all been fishing, so i will have our ball caps on. So there's some table next to us, and there's some really loud ladies. I'm just saying, southern culture loud, having a good time. And it was Cinco de Drinco at the Mexican restaurant. It was Cinco de Mayo, and that's what it said on the sign, Cinco de Drinco. So we probably should have known what we were getting into, right? Another table was another group of people, and they were just oh, loud. And so we take off our caps to pray. And the guy beside us takes off his cap, and he prays with us. And one of the ladies at the table says, shh, they're praying, y'all. And everybody stops for a minute. What? When do we, sometimes we're like, well, we don't want to offend anybody. Don't worry about offending somebody. Pray. Let that be a testimony. Well, here's a, a good example of this. Um. In his book, Living Life on Purpose, Greg Anderson shares this story of one man's journey to finding joy. His wife had left him. He was completely depressed. He had lost faith in himself, in other people, and in God, and he found no joy in living. One rainy morning, this man went to a small neighborhood restaurant for breakfast. And although several people were at the diner, no one was speaking to anyone else. Our miserable friend hunched over the counter, stirring his coffee with a spoon— In one of the small booths along the window was a young mother with a little girl, and they had just been served their food when the little girl broke the sad silence by almost shouting, Mama, why don't we say our prayers here? The waitress who had just served their breakfast turned around and said, Sure, honey, we pray here. Will you say the prayer for us? And as she turned around, she looked at the rest of the people in the restaurant and said, Bow your heads. Surprisingly, one by one, the heads went down. The little girl then bowed her head, folded her hands, and said, God is great, God is good, and we thank Him for our food. Amen. That prayer changed the entire atmosphere. People began to talk with one another. The waitress said, we should do that every morning. And all of a sudden said our friend, my whole frame of mind uh, started to improve. From that little girl's example, I started to thank God for all that I did have and stop majoring in all that I didn't have. I started to choose happiness. Say it in prayer. Can you do that? You can. I know some of us get scared sometimes, but you can do it, amen? What do you want today? If you've got your phone, you can use your phone. A preacher doesn't usually want you to mess with your phone in church, but you're welcome to do that at this moment. If you have a piece of paper and a pen, you can do that as well. What do you want? You want long life? You want to be able to retire? Do you want to find the right lady or the right man? You want grandkids? Do you want a new set of shoes or clothes? What do you want? I'm asking. You, I want you to really think about it. what do you want? Do you want your kids in church? Do you want a co-worker to come to Christ? Do you want a new smoker or cooker or do you want a, something that you don't have? What do you want? Why are you here? What do you want out of this day? Why did you come here? What do you want? Just habit? That's what I do on Sundays. I get free donuts and coffee. It works out pretty good. I get to see some friends. I laugh a little bit. I cry a little bit. What do you want? I want to challenge you this morning as we think about prayer that we need to do some aligning of what we want. Okay? Here's the next question for you. I think this is a harder question to answer, but something that we haven't, I haven't done a good job at and something we need to do better. What do we want? What do we want? Do we want heaters that work better? Do we want new carpet? Do we want a fancy your stage? Maybe a different projector? What do we want? Do we want lots of people? Do we want a big band? Do we want a laser light show? What do we want? What do we want? What does God want? I bet you kind of know the answer to that one, don't you? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. The Lord is patient, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What does God You've heard me say this many times before. What's the best thing that ever happened to you? What's the best thing that ever happened to you, ever? The best thing that ever happened to me was the day that God saved me. I've had a lot of good things, people, probably a lot more than a lot of you, and I'm not, I'm not just joking there. The Lord has been crazy good to me. I've been blessed way beyond what I deserve and just way beyond measure, but the best thing he ever did for me was he saved me what's the best thing that you can do for somebody else you can't save them can you but you can lead them to the savior amen that's the best thing that you can do for anyone else is you can lead them to the savior why did jesus come here what did he want he came to seek and to save the what <laughs> the lost that was the whole purpose if the best thing that ever happened to you And the best thing that you can do for anyone else, and the whole reason Jesus came to the planet was to draw people to himself. Don't you think that should be part of our decision making? What do I want? What do we want? What does God want? And I'm telling you today, what I think makes those things line up is prayer. And when you're not praying, it's harder to get them together, isn't it? Right? The world will tell you what you want, won't it? Right. What's the world telling you you want right now? Maybe a few different for different people, depending on your media choices, right? (laughs) So what do you want? Well, let's look together this morning, and I want you to see that prayer is such an integral part of us getting what the Lord wants in us. Look down, if you would again, in verse 13. The solution starts with... Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. This passage is really simple. I'm trying not to complicate it this morning, okay? This is one of those things, you can read it, you can take it for what it says, and you can act on it. And I hope that your Lord will do that for you uh, this morning. How many of you have been in trouble? And I don't mean like in trouble with the law, but you've just been troubled. <laughs> you may have been in trouble with the law too, that's okay. <laughs> but have you been t- Troubled. Maybe even some of you right now, you feel like, I am in trouble. Like, things are not working out for me. They're not lining up. And you hear other people share, and you're so thankful that God is working in their life, but you're like, where is the Lord in my life? If you have a problem, where do you start? Where do you go if you have a problem? You go to TikTok, amen? No, but that's what we do sometimes, don't we? I have a problem, so I'm going to go Google it. I'm going to YouTube it. Nowadays, we can do Bard or chat GPT and ask the AI robot to tell us what the answer is, what's the meaning of things, right? It's crazy. But for so long, we've been doing this since even I was little. It was Donahue, and then it was Oprah, and then it was whatever self-help person, wasn't it, right? And we might do that with other people in our lives. When we have problems, we find ourselves going everywhere else first instead of going where? To the Lord. If you're going through some trouble today, start in prayer. Start there first. That's what James is saying. If you're in trouble, pray. And again, I hope this place can be that place of prayer, but I hope you have a place of prayer in your own home as well. But start with prayer. Whenever we are in trouble, the first place we should turn to is the Lord. Now, how many of you aren't in trouble today? Is anybody here just merry or happy? I'm going to tell you, probably this day, and I I could go the other way sometimes, but today's a good day. Because your preacher loves a cool morning. So I woke up this morning, opened the door, let the pup out, and it was just like, ah, thank you, Lord. You go outside and the sun is shining. It's a gorgeous day out there, isn't it? Not supposed to be hardly any wind today, so that's like really nice, too. And I'm like, okay, I'm happy. So I got my belly full. Uh, Somebody fed me some donuts this morning, whoever that was. We were talking about that in Sunday school. Whoever's been taking care of us with water and donuts and coffee, thank you. We want to say thank you for that. I'm in a good place. But even if I'm in a good place, even if everything's going good, what does the Scripture say I should do? Sing, should praise, I should pray. Amen? See, sometimes what happens to us is everything goes good. We forget about the Lord, don't we? You know that judges cycle, right, that the Israelites always did, right? As soon as things got going good, they forgot about the Lord. They enjoy their prosperity for a while, and then they would enter in their sin, and then the persecution and the trouble would come, and then everything would fall apart, and then they would cry out to God for help. God would send a judge. He would rescue them. They would make a commitment. Things would get good again, and then they would forget Him all over again, and just over and over and over and over, right? But we don't have that problem, do we? Right? You guys, if the Lord has been good to you today, sing it. Praise And today was just beautiful. that gentle shepherd haven't done that and you guys were beautiful singing at this one. It was awesome. If you're married today, if you're happy, praise the Lord. let it let it, let it out. and you're encouraging others when you do that. Because somebody who may be down may see you, the Lord lifting you up and be like, "Oh thank you, Lord, at least you're helping my brother and sister out right now. Thank you for that today. Again, if you're in trouble or even if you're not in trouble, we should be praying. Look at this next one. This is really interesting, and I want you to look closely at this today. Are you sick? What should you do? Now, the preacher's hard on you sometimes, right? Again, you're hearing me this morning. I think the most important thing is that people come to know Christ. And that is so important, isn't it, right? And yet, James admonishes us to do what? If we are sick, what should we do? We should pray, right? It is not wrong to pray for the sick. Now, our whole prayer life shouldn't be consumed with everybody's medical and health needs, but we should pray for sick people, and we should pray for ourselves when we're sick as well, right? Now, notice what he says in this passage. I think this is really interesting. When we're sick, there's some conditions kind of laid out for the sick. What's the encouragement here? That the sick person should do what? They should call for the elders. This is kind of interesting. It kind of goes with what Diane said a little bit this morning. Sometimes you're too proud to ask for help, right? You're waiting for somebody to show up at your door and someone to come to you and pray and someone to just to figure it all out and then come at you to take care of things. But what does James say about the sick person here? They initiate the request, don't they, right? You guys, I don't know that we have done this since I have been at this church. I did do it a few times at our church in Salem where someone came to the elders of our church and they said, I am really sick, and I wondered if you would anoint me with oil and pray with me. And we did that according to the word of God. But we didn't call out people. As elders and as leaders of the church, we didn't say, oh, so and so sick. We'll just call them over here and tell them we'll anoint them. Why is that so important? Because the person who is sick needs to have faith. You're talking with that? All right. So again, and this probably will happen if the Lord tarries and we stay here a long time, um, I will probably, it will be people that are really sick that need to be served and need to be prayed for. And we will pray for them as Teresa did so good today to remind us to pray for one another who's sick, right? But sometime, and again, it needs to be of the Lord and not prompted by the preacher or by anybody else. But if you're in the scriptures and you're walking with the Spirit and you feel that the Lord says to you, I need the church to pray over me and I would like to be anointed with oil and be prayed over. You come to the elders of this church and we will do what the scripture says here to do. All right, again, hear the word, not the word of me, the word of the Lord today. And so the elders would come around, the elders would anoint with oil and notice it's so important. In the name of the Lord, who's going to do the healing? I'm not a faith healer preacher, and to be honest with you, there is no such thing. It's in the name of the Lord. It's for His glory. It's for our joy. That's how it works. You guys know how it works, okay? So it needs to be, the prayer needs to be in the power and in the name of the Lord through the faith of the sick person and the faith of those who gather around that person. And then here's a powerful statement. Now, you've got to hear this correctly today, and I do too. The scripture says that the prayer of, offered in faith will make the sick well and we all know this to be true does every person that is sick and they pray to get well does every single one of them get well we know it doesn't work like that right okay and so the 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 real thing here is again it's that leading of the spirit to know when the lord is calling but it is what i would tell you this morning it is a dependence upon the lord that's what he's looking for in this situation right that we would trust him no matter the cost, no matter the cost. I really remember, and I just, I don't think I'll ever forget even this Easter when we did Good Friday and we sat up here in the front and there was three different people who shared about the lack of peace and the hurt in their life. And they were wondering, where was the Lord when they prayed? And yet each of them also shared that they found that the Lord was with them through the trial. And I'm gonna tell you today that sometimes it's not so much about the answer as it is about the presence of God as we go through the furnace again hear the lord today not me hear the lord today you guys know this but i want to reiterate it this morning prayer is not a guarantee that you get what you want prayer is a request of that's what it is most of us know people that have been healed and yet most of us know people that died praying for healing but the point is god wants us to depend on him and if we do that he will do what is best for us. And again, notice the key ingredient in this passage, especially, is faith. Without faith, prayer is just useless words, but in faith, prayer will move mountains. Go back to that question this morning What do you want? When you have what you want lined up with what God wants, and you pray in faith, what happens? Let the C part, let's walk through. Let the fourth man show up in the fire. Let the floods come down, right? When we line up our will with the Lord's will, he delivers. That's all we need to do. Now, what we've got to work harder at, and this is where your preacher is failing, you've got to pray for him and you as well. We've got to know what the Lord wants of us, what we want. Because if we fight, figure out what we want and it's with what God wants, ain't nobody stopping us people right? But we're still kind of here. We're trying to get there. We're doing, we're doing good and we're trying, but we're not right in line. When we as a body figure out what God wants and we pray for that with faith, look out. Today, even as you sit in the pew, you'd be praying, Lord, please help us as a body of believers to know what we want and to line it up with what you want. And that's not penology. That's the Lord speaking. Amen. He will honor that. All right. Another thing, and I think we sometimes glance over it in this passage, but for the sick person that gets this prayer of faith, what comes along with it? They get forgiveness. Right? Again, it is good to pray for your body, but eventually the body is going to die. That's what's going to happen, right? But what what does forgiveness mean? What did Brother Rick start our service off with today? (laughs) No more death. No more pain, no more crying. The former things are passed away because he will wipe every tear from their eye. Forgiveness comes with the prayer of faith. Don't minimize that truth. And then there's a really interesting thing here as well. And this is kind of tricky. James says we need to confess our sins one to another. Does anybody want to stand up this morning? and tell us explicitly and graphically the sin that you committed yesterday? I want to tell you, I don't really think he means that. But I think he does mean we need to be transparent. Just a few Wednesday nights ago, we had a men's table meeting, and man, praise the Lord for those guys around that table. And they didn't go into great deep detail. They didn't have to, but they shared where they were fighting temptation And where they were battling and where they were struggling they're honest with each other what does that do it helps us strengthen one another a call to prayer for one another helps us pray for each other better and it gets our hearts pure before the lord because we confess and say i'm failing here brothers i need your help i think you guys know this i hope that you do this is not the place to be faking it right and i feel like enough of us in here have been here long enough that we know that right We're not coming in here all dressed up and all pretty and people say, how are you doing? We'll say, oh, it couldn't be any better. And we say that every week even though everything's falling apart. Again, when the Lord speaks, we need to be transparent about how things are in our life. We need to confess our sins. We don't have to go into specific detail, but we need to be honest when we are not living the way the Lord would have us to live. We are called to confess and to pray for each other that we may be healed. We need a surrendered heart and a heart for one another. Powerful prayer is brought about by a surrendered heart. Quick thing here that you need to be reminded of, and I do too, the Lord will not hear your prayer if your relationships are not right. You don't believe me, do you? Yeah, I know. Todd and Donna, they can just sit over there. They offended me last week, and they don't need to be close to me. Lord, would you do something similar by so i just want you to if the lord would talk to you out loud you know what he'd tell you to do he'd say shut up and quit talking to me and go fix that problem you have with your friends over there right and just to back it up so you know it's not my idea we've been in peter this morning we were second peter this first peter chapter 3 verse 7 husbands be careful listen up husbands in the same way be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will what? Uh Uh-oh, all of a sudden kind of got a little problematic, didn't it? So that nothing will hinder your prayers. You see the principle that's revealed here? Husbands, you better treat your wives in a righteous way with respect. If you don't, it's going to hinder your prayer life with the Lord. Your sin this way will get in the way of your conversation this way. That's how it works. So today, you may think that you're a really holy and great person, but if you've got some relationship problems, your prayer life is going to be weak. You need to make your relationships right. I'm not going to call you out today, I don't know, but the Lord does. And if He's speaking to your heart about a person that you need to reconcile with today, then you reconcile with them. Leave your gift at the altar and go be reconciled. Amen? That's what the scripture says. So you sort that out today as the Lord leads. Okay, as we wrap up just a little bit today, James shares about this truth that the prayer of a righteous man, it is powerful and effective. I would share with you today that a clean heart is the key to finding an audience with God. And I want to remind you today, you can make a difference with prayer. You could change hearts in China and Brazil and South Africa and even India where you sit today isn't that crazy that's how the Lord works don't neglect our most powerful weapon in spiritual battle and that is prayer you could impact people that you never see and you may never even see the impact here but you could impact them with your prayer prayer changes Things. and again I would share with you this morning the key as James relates to us, is a righteous person. Are you righteous in Christ? Is your heart pure before the Lord? That's where we start. That's where we start as we first get saved, right? We repent of our sins, we surrender our heart to the God to the Lord and we after that we have a purity that comes in us because it's a surrender thing. It's not a perfect thing, but it's his clothes and his righteousness that comes on us. And we can do that, but we have to live in a submitted and a humble position. So I'm gonna ask you a tough question today, and this is a hard one to answer. Are you righteous? Most of us would be like, I don't want I don't want that term labeled to me, right? But here, the key to being powerful and effective is a person who's in right standing with the Lord. So if you're not, it's gonna hinder your prayers. So again, that surrendered position, that humble position in Christ is where we need to get It's where we need to be. Do your prayers have power with God? You see, you guys were all amen a while ago, but now you don't like this, right? Elijah prayed and what happened? Lord, I don't want it to rain anymore. So I can sh- share with this crazy Jezebel and this kingdom that you are the one that's in control. Or don't let it rain. What happened? Damn right, Elijah's what he wanted, and God, what he wanted, were lined up. And when he asked for the Lord to move, what happened? God moved, amen. And then, out in the battle of, of Carmel, there, <laughs> I just love that. I'm not going to go through that whole story, but it's one of my favorites. The prophets of Baal, they're slashing their wrists, right? Crying out to their so called idol, their God, nothing's happening. Elijah. Elijah dumps the water on and Don't you love that? You talk about the ultimate trash talker, right? Watch God do this. He prays, and what happens? The fire comes down. And then he takes off running. And right after he takes off running, we find out that not too much longer after that, Elijah prays again. And he tells the servant, The clouds are coming. What's the servant say? No, no, go look again. Go look again. Oh, about as small as a man's hand, I see. And what happens? It starts raining. Do your prayers have power with God? Here's the problem. What does this passage say about Elijah? This kills me. He was a man like us. Did you read that? Do you see what James is saying? He's saying, you can do the things that Elijah did. No, 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 preacher, I can't do those things. That's only for really amazing, powerful. That's not for me. Elijah was a man like us. And he prayed, and it stopped raining, and he prayed, and it rained again. I don't. You guys are just not getting it. I'm doing everything I can to get you to get it. <laughs> I'm telling you today, if you will live with a surrendered heart, and if I will live with a surrendered heart, if we'll get our will lined up with the Lord's will, we can see, like, crazy amazing things. The Lord can do it. But we got to be humble enough to confess our sins, to repent, To pray the Lord to increase our faith, and then we have to step out and act as he leads us to, right? This is a great quote from um, Richard Dahlscher. He says, going to bat in the ninth inning is nothing compared to praying in an intensive care unit. What's on the line in the ninth inning? A win or a loss. Man, you go into an intensive care unit lined up with the will of God. That world championship ain't nothing compared to that. Right? Where's your faith today? Okay. Again, let's walk through these verses real quick just so you guys know the preacher's not making this stuff up. Verse 17, Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again, he prayed and the heavens gave rain and the earth produced its crops. So what's happened to me, you guys, is since I've come back from India and I still can't get that image out of my head, when we went go up, show up at a building and usually it was the young girls that came first. They would come from the neighborhood. They would come into the building. Paul can testify to this. They would come into, they would sit down on the carpet and they would just fold their legs they'd have their Bible with them and they would start praying because that little bitty concrete building to them was a place of prayer they would fellowship there and they would sing there and they would even dance there but priority primarily you know what that place was to them it was a place of prayer and I want this place to be that now I, I'm not getting on you guys i mean good night i think we're trying to do some things well right when we start the service brother rick prays right Then we have an offering and usually michael or somebody else prays for us right and the preacher before his message he tries to pray And when we're done brother todd's going to close us in prayer we are trying to to bring prayer in here but what i would love to know and to hear and i don't even have to see it but i would like to know more often that somebody's just walking in here on a tuesday at 9 a.m and they're down here or they're sitting right there and they're praying and i know a couple of you do that and you really encourage the preacher when you do that but we need more of us to do that this place needs to be a place of prayer i'm glad and hear me out and this is a little bit funny but i want you to hear me out i'm glad it's a place of coffee and donuts but it needs to be even more a place of prayer than that kind of thing we need a place of fellowship and we need to have good fellowship and we do have good fellowship here don't we, we have good family but you guys We need this place to be a place of prayer, not a den of thieves, not a den of robbers, but a place where we come and we seek the Lord, okay? All right, let's wrap this up this morning. He says there in verse 19, My brothers, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover a multitude of sins. Do you ever want to be the hero? Here's your chance. (laughs) Love your brother, love your sister. And part of the way you save them is you pray for them. When's the last time you prayed for somebody because you were afraid of where they were headed spiritually? So often we pray for one another because we don't feel good, right? And this is good. And James says, let's pray for the sick. I'm not saying don't do that. But when's the last time you saw somebody headed in a spiritual direction, you know it wasn't good, and you got on your knees before the Holy God, and you said, would you rescue my sister? Would you rescue my brother? Would you guide me in what I need to say and do that I can preserve their spiritual life because they're going in a bad direction? That's what James lays out here for us. Again, I hope that we will be that kind of church. If you look at all these things, can you see how community is all tied in this whole passage, right? If you're in trouble, pray. If you're sick, or if you're uh, happy, sing songs of praise. If you're sick, call the elders. Confess your sins one to another. It's all about this one another body encouraging each other, and here it is even rescuing your brother and sister. Bill White has this citation. He says, in what the news called the miracle at Kew Creek, nine miners were trapped for three days, 240 feet underground, in a water-filled mine shaft. They decided early on that whether they were going to live or die, they were going to do it as a group. The 55 degree water threatened to kill them slowly by hypothermia. So according to one news report, when one person would get cold, the other eight would huddle around the person and warm that person. And when another person got cold, the favor was returned. Everybody had strong moments, Minor Harry B. Mayhew told reporters after being released from Somerset Hospital in Somerset. But any certain time, maybe one guy got down, and then the rest pulled together. And then that guy would get back up, and maybe somebody else would feel a little weaker. But it was a team effort. That's the only way it could have been. They faced incredibly hostile conditions together, and they all came out alive together. What a picture of the body of oh, Christ. <laughs> you guys, there's some people here, right here today, sitting right in the pews with you today, and they are freezing cold they are down and they're scared and they're hurting and they need us to huddle up around them and probably you've been in the cold water before and you needed help right and probably sometime later this year or in the years to come if the lord tarries you're going to be in the cold water again and you're going to need somebody to come around you amen we need to be that for one another so here we're going to do something a little different today as we end up today okay what i would like to do is I'm going to have Teresa and Robert, Megan, and Wendy and Brooklyn, if you would go over there, okay? Michael and Mary and Rick and Michael and Paul, if you guys would stay together. Vicki, you and the boys, Ray and Diane, Scott and Melissa, if you guys stay together. And then I'm going to ask something for you guys upstairs, if you would come down here by Todd and Donna. And I want us to close our prayer today praying for one another. Okay? I want you to just take a little time or as much time as you want Share a little bit maybe about what your want is and how you're trying to line it up with the Lord. And let's take this time today to kind of surround each other. Really listen, really hear, and then hopefully even this week, would you pray for that group and pray those requests, all right? So let's go ahead and break up, if you would, in those groups today. After we have a little bit of time, maybe five or ten minutes, then Brother Todd will come. He'll do our announcements, okay?